Our text for this morning's meditation comes to us from uh, our epistle reading from Romans chapter 15. These words, for whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction that through endurance and through the encouragement of the scriptures we might have hope. That's Romans 15.4, our text for this morning. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, God, God is a God. God is the God of encouragement. He's a God of encouragement. Scripture says it plainly. We heard it a few moments ago. May the God of endurance and encouragement, the God of endurance and encouragement, Grant you to live in such harmony with one another in accord with Christ Jesus. God, again, God is a God of encouragement. But what is encouragement really? What is it? Well, encouragement is the expression of approval and support. Encouragement is the expression of approval and support. That's what encouragement is. If someone has ever expressed their approval of us, if anyone has ever shown us their support, we have at that moment been encouraged. Now, if you are like me, you can remember the times in your life when you have been encouraged. That is when someone has expressed their approval of you and supported you. I remember succinctly my sixth grade teacher, Mr. Wanless. On the last day of class that year, my sixth grade teacher handing me my report card, a very good report card, the best report card I ever received. I remember my sixth grade teacher taking me aside and telling me what that report card meant, what it meant for my work that year, what it meant for my future. And in that moment, he both approved of me and supported me. That is, he greatly encouraged me, which at that time, being 12, I'd not experienced much of. You see, I had two older brothers and an older sister, all of whom I tried to live up to, to live up to athletically and musically and intellectually and socially. Yes, I tried to live up to them, even though they were six and four and two years older than I was, respectively. And it's not that they actively discouraged me. It was just that I could rarely, if ever, succeed in matching them in their talents and skills and abilities, let alone exceed them in any way. Nicest thing, my oldest brother, this one six years older than I, the nicest thing he ever said to me, I remember. Yeah. (laughs) The nicest thing, that moment of encouragement and approval of and support, took place on a baseball field. Took place on a baseball field after I, as the youngest, uh, was sent out to right field. And we all know what that means. You get right field. Well, a lefty came up to the plate and hit a high arching ball my way, and I drifted under it for a sure catch and a certain out, and I was plowed over by the center fielder, a friend of my brother. 
I saw stars and the ball dropped to the ground. Now my oldest brother playing left field came over and surveying the situation as we picked ourselves up and started rubbing the sore spots from the collision said simply, you know, my brother would have caught it. Now he couldn't have said anything nicer. He couldn't have said anything more encouraging. I was good enough to play, to play with him and his friends even though they were six years older than I was. Moments of encouragement are like that, aren't they? They're moments of time that stick in our brain and they stick in our brain those moments of encouragement because they rarely happen. And they rarely happen because like it or not, no matter how Minnesota nice we can be, we live in a Darwinian dog-eat-dog world where criticism of who we are and what we do, how we act, what we accomplish is a regular staple of life. From outright disapproval to silence to some sort of passive-aggressive comment to confrontation and even encouragement in such an environment often can only be manipulation. Manipulation to accomplish the purpose of the one doing the encouraging. Day-to-day existence, therefore, is one of the lack of any expectation at all of encouragement, of, of approval, of support, and the need for an inner fortitude to continue to live and act and do. Boy, if we had someone in our lives who truly encouraged us, who routinely expressed their approval of us and supported us and earnestly and honestly did so, we would want to spend a lot of time with that person, wouldn't we? Well, God, our loving Heavenly Father, is just that person. He is the God of encouragement. He is the God who shows approval of us. The God who supports us. Now, at this point, be easy for us to say, but how could that be? How could it be that God shows his approval of me? expresses his support of me. How could that be? Because, well, I've done so much that God would disapprove of, and I know he does. And that being so, how can I expect God's support? Good question. Now, the encouragement of my sixth grade teacher, the encouragement of my brother, was on the basis of what they had seen me do. Did you catch that? And if the same held true for the encouragement of God, well, there would be no encouragement from God whatsoever, would there? So on what basis, then, does God encourage us? That is, approve of us and support us. On what basis? Well, first and foremost, because God is love. And love not in the abstract, but love in the concrete. That is, God is not simply a God who is love, but a God who does love, who does love us. And God does love us because he made us. God loves us because we're his creatures, something which he created. In this is love, we read in 1 John 4. In this is love, not that we've loved God, but he loved us. And he sent his son to be a propitiation for our sins. 
God is the God of encouragement because he's the God of love, the God of love who so loves us that he sent his only begotten son to be the propitiation, that is the atoning sacrifice for our sins, our sins which, listen up, our sins which are that which cause us to think that we don't deserve any encouragement from God. That is any support, any approval, and that's right. That's right. We don't deserve such things, but that is why God and God's encouragement of us flows from his love. A love which would have his son Jesus sacrifice himself for us on the cross so that he can indeed forgive us and therefore honestly and openly encourage us, support us, express his approval of us. Look at your grades. I remember my sixth grade teacher saying to me, look at your grades. They mean that you can do whatever you set your mind on doing. He said, I think my teacher knew that I was my own worst enemy, quickly recognizing my flaws and my weaknesses and my shortcomings, and so not attempting always to do the best I could possibly do. Well, our Heavenly Father would say to us, would encourage us by saying, not look at your grades, that is, look at what you've done. But he encourages us by saying, look what I had my son do for you. Look what I did for you. Your weaknesses, your shortcomings, your sins, I have forgiven. So get up. I approve of you. I support you. Get up, dust yourself off, get going, love, love those around you with the same love that I've loved you with. Serve them with your skills and talents and abilities. Serve them as I have served you and continue to serve you. Just do it. Our text from Romans 15 again, for whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction that through endurance and through the encouragement of the scriptures we might have hope. Now since God is a God, the God of encouragement, wouldn't it not be right for us to assume that a book which he caused to be written for us would be a book of encouragement? That is, a book of support, a book of approval. And if this is not the case, then why don't we read it? Why don't we study it? Why don't we inwardly digest it, thinking about it constantly? For the Word of God, the Holy Scriptures, are not to drive us into the ground. The Holy Scriptures are not to point out all of our faults so that we spend our lives literally wallowing in our sins, thinking that we can't do anything. Instead, the holy word of God is God, word of encouragement. Encouragement to us as creatures so that we can in these end times continue to live, that is, endure the end times in which we find ourselves. I mean, if holy scriptures were not that, that is God's book of encouragement for us, if holy scriptures were not that, why would we need them? Why would we need the Bible? For sin and death, they occur whether we have a Bible or not. But the encouragement of God, his support, his approval, does not. It is the gospel of Jesus Christ, isn't it? Is it not God saying to us, I love you, I support you, I approve of you, 
Look, look what I've done for you and my son Jesus. Look how I had him suffer and die so that you could live in love forever. Look, look how much I love you and I express my love. Now, rejecting such encouragement from God who loves us, what does that make us? What does it make us if we reject that encouragement from God? All the wonderful things that he says to us that are true. What does it make us? Makes us a bunch of spoiled brats, doesn't it? What is more, by rejecting such encouragement from God, don't we call God a liar? Simply rejecting what he said about us to be not true? We've all seen children do this, children encouraged by their parents, children who then reject that encouragement. You're just saying that because you're my parents. Never heard that one. (laughs) Let's not do that. Let us not, as God's children, His beloved children, reject the encouragement, the support, the approval which He would give to us through His holy word every single day. Amen. Now may the peace which passes all understanding keep our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus unto life everlasting. Amen. We rise and sing the offertory.